Hi, welcome back. Hi, welcome to Hot Local Singles. A podcast where we decide what's hot, what's local, what's a smash and what makes us want to die. Thanks for waiting. Yeah. I only have two hands. <laughs> I can only I can only lay so many tracks in yeah. a day. He only has two hands and only one brain between the two of us. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And also I'm in Vancouver now. Oh yeah. I'm gonna be editing this in Vancouver. <laughs> Oh, that's cute. Looking at the mountains. Yeah, I could edit on the beach. Not happening. Imagine. <laughs> yeah, no. Wait, how long are you gone for? Like around three weeks, but I have to come back for Charlie. Charlie live oh, concert. Yeah, but I'm going to like stay with my dad in Brussels because that's where he's um, based, I guess. Wig. Your dad seems to be living like a very fab- fabulous life. He was based in Montreal for a bit. He now was, Brussels. Yeah. All the, the big cities of the world. He was always based in Brussels, but Tea. I guess Concordia, like, contracted him, like... Right, right, right. T. Hi, Josh, is that? So I'm going to Brussels, and I kind of want to visit Berlin. I, I think you should. Where. It's pretty close, I'm assuming. It's pretty close. And also flights are incredibly cheap in Europe. I just have to get back in time for Charlie, which is the 14th of right. October. Oh, but so you have I'll so much time. You have, like, three and a bit weeks. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's cool. I feel like this was probably like the best time for you to do that because you're like just graduated. Yeah. Or probably totally. looking for like some distraction or something. Oh my god, yeah. The mental of it all. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna come back with like so crazy. many so many pop music opinions. Or maybe even philosophical opinions. Who even knows? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I could go to like Herenscheide, that party. Oh yeah, T. Oh, I remember I used to be obsessed with that guy. That guy, right? Heron. Yeah. Oh, sorry. He's I guess the party's hot. called Heron Sauna. Heron Sauna, yeah. T. Okay, well, the weird thing about Berlin is everyone's kind of, like, punk. Like, his style is right. so, like, tartan-based. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's unique, for sure. I saw him yeah. at the Tate a couple summers ago. He was just there. Oh, really? In the flesh. Did he look way skinnier? He's just really short. Which, you know, I love. Oh, whoa. I guess he doesn't really really admit to that online, yeah? No, like no one's ever seen his legs. Yeah. (laughs) He does that on purpose. I unfollowed years ago. Um, You unfollowed? Why did you unfollow? I feel like I grew out of his aesthetic, which is not to Mm -hmm. say that I'm more mature than he is or whatever, but it was just like, it seemed to Berlin and at a time when I was not into the Berlin vibe anymore. Yes. Everyone had like a... A flirtation with the Berlin vibe. In fact, I'm wearing a Swans t-shirt right now. Like the band that I bought because a friend of his always wore it. Some other guy. No way. The other guy who runs the party. I think his name is like Kem Dukka or something. I forget. Oh my God. You were influenced. Yeah. I was you got le- influenced. Legitimately influenced. Um, oh, I know who you're talking about. I know that, I know that face. Yeah. And he, I think he's even hotter than the other guy. So I was like, oh, that shirt looks so hot on him. So I bought it. Years ago. I guess the closest thing I've ever done like that was buy a picture play in long sleeve. No tea. That's similar. Yeah. In a way. Wait, I don't even know why we start, started talking about this, but where I was going with it is someone on Twitter was like, they shared the Azealia Banks mix that came out a couple of days ago mm-hmm. and was like, someone's been to Heronshed. Someone's been to Heronsana. And that is not wrong. That is not wrong. I did describe it as Gabber 
rap, even though I know very little about uh, electronic music and even less about Gabber, but I just <laughs> associated with like very harsh. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's Gabber. I think it's. I think it's just like industrial techno. Yeah, I think that's the. Real I think key. it's German techno. I think it's not like the tempo's not fast enough for it to be Gabber, but the right. energy definitely is. Oh man, the mixing on this is just a disaster. It's it so low. She's just like on top of it. Like yeah. I want. Like what is this mix? Like it's clearly a mix she found somewhere, right? Am I yeah. wrong? No, I have no. Like clue. I don't know anything about it. I stopped following like where she gets where she got all her beats. I stopped following her music honestly after that Christmas disaster that she released. Uh, the Christmas EP. Do that, you remember that? Didn't it come out like after yeah. Christmas or something? Or am I being mean? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, I wouldn't be shocked, but I remember it just coming at a time where like no one was paying attention, and then she yeah. did her vocal runs that I think only she enjoys. She's not a bad yeah, singer, totally, but I think her vocal runs totally. are not enjoyable. Yeah. No, they weren't. She yeah. has this voice that she, you're right, is addicted to, but I'm not. I'm not quite <laughs> convinced about it either. Yeah, I mean, we. I still love Azalea as a concept and a person too. No, I love her. Yeah. yeah. Yes, musician. Thank you. <laughs> and this was daring. It was. I read somewhere that she said something like, "I've never had this much fun making music," and I'm like, "Okay, oh, at yeah. least you're having fun." Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Because she lets the bitterness really wash over her sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. So I want her to have fun. This doesn't have a lot of replay value in it, though. In like a, like I was walking with it, I was working out with it, and I kind of couldn't do it. Yeah. Like her vocals are just so like blaringly loud and like unfinished. Yeah, totally. Let me see what I wrote about it, because I literally stopped working peace. out to write about it. I wrote a timestamp. Should I see what it was? I think it's when she was just moaning. I was like, mm. <laughs> she really does moan. <laughs> she really does moan a lot, yeah. I'm logging into um, SoundCloud right now. Yeah, the, the app is making me log in. That's actually my hey. problem, too. This is like a testament of how little, or how like my music taste recently is just like the most main, mainstream pop that I haven't been on SoundCloud in so long. Totally, yeah. I miss SoundCloud. Yeah. The comments are so funny. Burgine, please book her things. LOL, this is cracking me up. OMG art. Given Grimes, I don't even hear Grimes at all. 2634 is my timestamp. And she says... She seems at her most aggro ever, both emotionally from what I've seen of... I think I still follow her on Instagram, I forgot. Yeah, I definitely do. I, and she's like, she's been pretty aggro recently. I wonder if she has a Twitter right now. I need that from her. I need that Twitter. She probably has like a secret one, yeah. Right? Yeah, a secret she one. She can never stay away from it, yeah. Well, the thing is, whenever she has a secret one, it goes kind of viral and she gets yeah, exact. further banned, like more yeah. than she already is. That's so shitty. I still don't know why she got banned. What did she say that got her banned? Probably something really stupid. What didn't she say? Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. when she called Zane right. a few choice words, that yeah. was kind of, that like have, was bad. It, yeah. Yeah. It might have even been when she started fighting with a little kid. Um, what's her name? With little Kim? Oh, no, a little kid. Like an actress, little girl. Oh my God. I, <laughs> I don't remember her name. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember her name. <laughs> yeah. I don't really have that much of a take because it's like so hard to listen yeah. to it, honestly. But I can't help but think she's a little late to this energy. I think interesting. It's like, yeah, I think it like 
adds up to kind of a perfect concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, weird. I actually wish it was Gabber. I wish it was like happy hardcore or something. You're right in the term in the sense that like what I was just describing, how like I feel like we're at a point where now we can comfortably call techno people techno clowns. Right. So it feels like it is a bit maybe local in that sense. Coming without like a techno inflected release in 2019 seems a bit like maybe two yeah. years too late. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I think it's still probably ahead of the curve in the grand scheme of things. But yeah, you're right. I think like the exported version of Berlin culture, you know, we know it. We know it well. Yeah. What's the next city? I guess Mexico City was it for a second. Claimed, yeah. Yeah. I haven't been but there. Got- I'd love to actually. Yeah, it got like rejected as soon as it became a thing. Everyone started making jokes about it what so about, fast. Like, Krakow or something. Oh, T. She's going Eastern Europe. That just sounds get hate crime a little. Yeah, yeah. What At least about, the guy's um, hot. What about Poland? Uh, I think Krakow's in Poland. No. Am I that dumb? I don't know. I don't know either. Hold on, I'm googling the fact checker of the pod. Yeah, it is in Poland. That's great. Yeah. Really showed my ass on that one. <laughs> Poland is famously homophobic, so you did know that. But like, but Warsaw, like Warsaw's in Poland too. I feel like Warsaw yeah. is next. That's what my Danish friend Louis said. Oh, really? Yeah, I believe Louis. He said Warsaw is it. I also see a lot of people in Athens. Do you? Uh, maybe like a couple of people. I think Athens is just like cheap, so people who can't afford Berlin go to Athens. Oh. Hmm. Well. On that note. Okay, yeah. So I think mm-hmm. we have a message. Right. Oh my God, I'm excited. Oh yeah, we got a voicemail. Hold on. I sent you a voicemail <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Yeah, but like the wrong number? <laughs> okay, well, we got a text that just simply said, hey, which we, <laughs> right, can't, yeah. which we can't respond to without paying money, so we didn't. No, we got something else. Um, Sorry, 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 sorry. We've really been doing this for a long time. Okay, here, I found the voicemail. Hey, hot local singles. It's another hot local single. I don't have any hot tapes right now because I am burning up with the hot girl summer fever, as we all are. Um, what was the first song? Hot local single out. We don't really know what it said, but let's go with that. Yeah, let's, let's go, go with, with the first pop song we remember loving. The voicemail itself sounded like it was produced by A.J. Cook. <laughs> <laughs> like underwater effect, yeah. yeah. But thank you so much. That was cute. I like the reference to Hot Girl Summer. Thanks for calling. We love it when you call. Please do it again. Yeah, we dare you to call back. Yeah. I feel like, okay, when this happened, this was like, what, two weeks ago when we got this call? It was a little while ago, yeah. I was sure. trying to think about it. And it was definitely some shit that was being played on like MTV, Latin America, they had mm. like the TRL version mm-hmm. of that was basically top ten, and I don't know. I feel like one of the first songs that I was really like desperate, like very into, is the Spanish version of "Coming Over" by Christina Aguilera. No way! Is that <laughs> yeah. which album is that? I think it's her first album. I'm Come pretty sure. On. I can't remember. Come. To me, that sounds like the like weird kind of big band throwback album, whatever that was called. But yeah, <laughs> like true. The video for that was pretty insane, very 90s. And back in the day, she used to release every song in Spanish, too. That was big for a minute. Yeah. I remember bopping to that song so much when I was a little kid. And I remember my cousin coming over and like seeing me like sing it. And he was like, are you like into her? 
sexual but not sexual but he's like do you think she's hot or why yeah. why are you so into like being like implying that i was gay and i was like oh no yeah she's so hot meanwhile i'm like he's probably literally confused like wait so you think she's sexy yeah he, <laughs> like, oh, he you didn't get what i was <laughs> you didn't like he didn't relate in the same way yeah what else i remember though? the first like pop thing i remember being curious about um on my own was the shania twain album with like up on it oh. actually dare i say it, it was called up had like Whoa. red version or whatever in brackets green version blue version and i remember googling like what that meant and um every once in a while like once a year i'll think about the versions of that album mm-hmm. and they're just terrible like there's i guess it's kind of all the same vocals like acapellas but like right vaguely different production like one of them has more still guitar than the others and it's like the country one you know that's so funny for like the heartland but then the, <laughs> the versions we know i believe are red oh my god version. i'm looking at the track listing for this shit and track number four is, is called juanita so there you go that's you mm-hmm. um and then there's like a quote-unquote world version which is like oh a god. really really terrible impersonation of what like indians listen to or something <laughs> it's like allegedly bollywood it just oh makes no sense God. it makes no sense at all but imagine the budget of three different versions of every yeah. song really they're remixes they're not really back, versions back in the but, day when music actually made mu- made money yeah totally cds that's, that's a, crazy. That, that album was a huge seller for sure T-t. well shania famously i've never been a big fan of shania not because i don't like her just i've never gotten into it but mm-hmm. she's like famously one of the highest selling artists ever Right, totally, she yeah. She sells a lot of music, or used to sell a lot of music. Mm-hmm. But I'm so shocked that Shania Twain made a big impression of you because you're so not that vibe anymore. Well, I had the CD single for um, something, like one of those thin plastic cases, you know? I have a ton of yeah. those. I have a JLo one as well for All oh, I cute. Have with LL Cool J, great cover art. Yeah. Um, I Honestly, also, I can say that I got into UK Garage through no CD way. singles. What? Because, like, a bunch of, like, label remixes tended to be, like, baseline edits or, like, I don't know. Like, that's definitely the first time I remember hearing, like, like songs that sounded like Daniel Bedingfield, Gotta Get Through (laughs) This, that weren't, you know? It was, like, the first time I had heard another song like that. And, yeah, that was big for me, needless to say. I bet I could, I'm in my, like, childhood room right now. I could could find my CDs. That's crazy, actually. I see Kate Nash from here. Oh my god, I used to love Kate Nash. That's so funny. The first city that I purchased, I remember it very clearly, because I was also a very gay purchase, was Destiny's Child, the one with Survivor in it. Survivor, yeah. Great cover. I think that's also the album that has the Charlie's Angels song, maybe? Independent Woman, yeah, totally. I feel like we both grew up perfectly to just be Britney fans. I've never been a stan, but like she came out when I was like right at the age to understand music. And not, yeah. and not too old to be embarrassed by it. I was like, oh, I don't know. I kind of think I'm, I'm somehow missed Britney a little bit. Like, I hey. think I must have been a, a year too young or something. I'm not really sure what that is, but yeah. I never really grew up with her. Like, I actually feel the same way about Spice Girls. I almost missed that. I, like, got into them after Jerry left. I definitely missed that because my sister was a big Spice Girls fan. And it's not that I missed it, but I feel like with Britney and Christina, I just remember the two of them occupying like all of tv airtime so much yeah we had i had mtv much music i can't believe that brand extended there that's actually a connection 
I don't, I wonder why. Like, I wonder how that happened, yeah, to I don't be know. honest. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm looking at my CDs. I only started and... buying CDs, like, after The Sinist Child. I bought CDs only later in my life when I was, like, an indie, into indie. So, my collection is, like, embarrassing. A lot of much dance. That's a classic. Classic mixed compilation CDs. Do you have any of those that are, like, now that's what I call music? I don't know if we have those. Like, if we had those growing up, at least. Mm -hmm. Like, I think we had Now. Like, Now 45, I think, was the Canadian knockoff. But I'm not sure those happened, exactly. Even though they're, like, kind of an icon. We we didn't have the specific brand either, but we had, like, more Colombian music compilations, like Salsa and Meringue or whatever. And they were really funny because all the covers would be, like, Have Naked Women. Oh, wow. Like, spicy. Yeah. yeah. Like, turn up the heat. (laughs) When I lived in the Netherlands, there was one called... um, When did you live in the Netherlands? Smash Hits that I would collect, and they were, like, like quadruple CD. Oh, my God. um, Box sets. I lived in the Netherlands grades four to six. Um, What? That's crazy. That was, like, the beginning of my dad being European. (laughs) Right. Did you learn any Dutch? Yeah, I did. Oh whoa, that's insane! I don't I don't hear Dutch very often, but when I yeah. when I hear it, I like break my neck looking to see who it is. <laughs> you don't really get to practice Dutch very often, yeah. No, not at all. That kind of sent me into a place I was not expecting to go. So good question. Needless to say, thank you. That's what made you gay. That's what made me gay. Mm-hmm. All of it. Oh, Europe, CD singles. singles. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Um, okay, back in position. So Slater dropped a mixtape. Yeah. We're blessed to I say. I think it's called Slater? It's called Slater, yeah. Self-titled. Um, I really enjoyed it. I do have to say, however, that the singles were the best part of it. I think. Mm-hmm. At least my first impressions. Which is good, because it means that she chose her singles really intelligently. And also, it's like mostly singles. Like, it is kind of a compilation. Yeah, yeah it's like half of them have already, half of this album is already out in some sort of form. Um, like, for example, Alone, which is my favorite track, I think, like, of the year, if anything. It's so fucking amazing. I love that song. Alone so much. is amazing. Um, that came out years ago, or like, like at the end of 2018, but it's in the, right. the mixtape. BFF, I think, came out last year too, maybe. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I remember yeah. that because when Azealia had Twitter still, she was like, oh, I'm into this Slater girl. Like, I want to hop on a remix. And everyone was like, remix mine. Like, mine had just come out and mine's great. Oh, and she was like, nah, like, I'm feeling I'm feeling BFF. And I don't think I really knew BFF at the time, but the fact that this compilation starts with BFF is kind of a cool, bold move because that song sounds amazing. To me, my impression of the other songs that weren't singles is that they lean more on the Britney sound. Maybe it's totally. because her vocals sound a lot like it, but like from Devil to Devil Down is basically all unreleased except for Daddy as Fuck. All of those sound so much like early 2000s pop to me. Um, yeah. In a good way. It's not a bad album, I think. But I think her more like creatively interesting things were the things that she already released. But yeah, it's a really me good Me too. Yeah. I think it bounces between all of the 2000s, actually. There's yeah. some like LMFAO maybe in there <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. Some like... Um, Far East movement, let's say. <laughs> let's say that. Let's just say that. Let's give it that. Yeah, it's like <laughs> early 2000s, but it's late 2000s at times too. She's, it's just great. Yeah. And it's like very, she does definitely cite like 2000 shit, but she sounds like herself. I think I like her a lot, actually. Yeah. The cover is fucking amazing. 
The cover is great, but yeah. it's kind of alarming how much it looks like that deleted, or sorry, not deleted, that canceled Charlie XCX Charlie cover. Yeah. Or at least that photo shoot. Like, I guess yeah. no one really knows what it was. But in that picture, it's like Charlie in some kind of like spaceship. I, f- I feel like yeah. she's laying down. I forget. Maybe she's at a chair, but like there's like a command board in front I of think, her. Oh, no. I'm thinking of the one where she's like at the edge of a building. Oh, you're right. That is that. Okay, no, it's a different picture. It was definitely uh, some kind of amazing photo shoot, but yeah, similar vibe. Yeah. Okay, wait, the cover where she's sitting on the building is amazing. There's like yeah. a helicopter bus beside her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. I know. It's interesting how Slater released this so quickly after Charlie. I was I feel like just going to say that, Josh. I was just going to say that. But is it a good yeah. time? Because I feel like she draws so many comparisons to Charlie that I'm like, maybe they should have spaced it out a little bit. Because you don't no, want your... do it all at once. I really? think it's the time. Yeah, I do. I just feel like she could have benefited from her album not being read through the lens of Charlie so much. I, I think I mean, it pe- could have afforded to be released a little while ago, probably. No, you're right about that. Exactly, yeah. Like, considering how many singles were already out, it could have been released yeah. like in August or something. I think it's I think it's great. I think it's great that Slater's opening for Charlie in Toronto. That's, oh, that's cute. really next level. You have to come. Um, the Charlie show sold out here. I assume it's sold out there. No too. way, really? Oh, should yeah. I need to look then? Yeah, you need to buy. I need to buy my Kim thing too. Apparently, with the Kim one, it includes the Halloween EP. It's like a oh, pre-order, cute. so it's nice. I love an MP3. Remember when Mickey called Travis got out for doing that? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, gonna yeah. Say, the bundling thing is definitely yeah. sketchy. I'm excited to see Charlie. I haven't seen Charlie since True Romance, which was ages ago. It feels like now. Oh, you saw her then? Yeah, when she was like. Uh, like a Tumblr girl back then. No, um, totally. The cover of that album. Yeah. But I was like really embarrassingly, well, there was a couple of songs that I was really into. Um, I think because back in the day she got a good review from Pitchfork for that album. So I was like, oh, I'm going to check this out and mm-hmm. loved it. You show up to the fucking show and it's just me and a bunch of 21-year-old twinks. I think I was 23 <laughs> at the time, so the age difference seemed humongous. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. But I'm excited to see the crowd now. I imagine it's going to be a bit more, a bit less local. That's to be seen. I'm not sure. Yeah, you're right. I'm excited, though. Uh, but we stand Slater. Slater is yeah. uh, a friend of the podcast, and yeah, we love her. We love this project. Oh, so listen, you included the song Devil, which is yeah. one of the new ones. Yeah. Like, we've talked about Alone on the podcast. We've talked about yeah. Mine. We've talked about Chain. All good. Mm-hmm. I don't think we mentioned Daddy as Fuck, but that one really grew on me. I love that song, yeah. But Devil... I remember that one being a highlight. I remember celebrity to be a highlight. I thought it was really cute that she's like yes. positing herself as a celebrity already when she's like obviously totally. not huge, but it's cute. But I like kind of like that energy. Like a party like it's 2007 celebrity, yeah. like a Paris Hilton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a cool concept. I like yeah. it too. She has a lot of that aesthetic and you're, I guess I see it now, what you were saying, I feel like at least visually, but not even just visually, also with her music, she has a lot of like Paris Hilton in like the late 2000s. We stand. We stand, and it's hot. This is like, like legitimately hot release. I think. Yeah. yeah. Scorching. Honestly, this episode's <laughs> hot. Okay, so now we can finally move on onto something that isn't so hot. Don't call me Angel <laughs> by Ariana Grande featuring 
Miley Cyrus and Lana Del Rey. Yeah, we have one more like spare single to talk about. Just because yeah. it was pushed as an event single, so we're going to treat it that way. It really was pushed. Which is really nice of us, actually. Yeah, it was like, too generous of us. Yeah, the only generous thing we've ever done on this podcast yeah. is give this song its time, which is mm-hmm. Don't Call Me Angel. So I think only in that introduction, we gave it already more time than the three artists themselves <laughs> gave to this song. That's it, so it, yeah. It sounds like, I mean, it's pretty obviously one of those songs that they never met in person to record. Like, whatsoever. It sounds so disjointed. Totally. Well, it has, like, shake it syndrome, where... Yeah, exactly. It's just, like, all <laughs> separate. Like, every single verse exists in a vacuum. Yeah, in a different universe. They don't, like, support each other. They don't, no. like, sing backup for one another. I miss a duet. Lana was making a verse for a com- completely different song with a different tempo. Totally, um, yeah. Yeah. And there's some... There's one second in the song during Lana's verse where you see... Where you hear, like, Ariana doing, like, a tiny run... And I'm like, oh, it sounds so fucking good when the two of you combine your voices together. But because you didn't do it at all in the song, we obviously missed that. But I don't yeah. know why it's that hard to like do a couple more takes at the end of like, yeah. right? Okay, can we talk about the beat? Yeah, like, I know. What? It just doesn't go anywhere. It's just like nothing. I was biking along Richmond today past Chum mm-hmm. FM, owned by iHeartRadio. I heard that playing from the street because they kind of like blast it. Oh my God. Like being forced to listen to whatever they're playing, right. which is always at Sheeran. But anyway, today it was <laughs> this Charlie's Angels song. And uh, it didn't sound good. <laughs> no. It like didn't sound good in public. It, it doesn't only have Shake It Syndrome. It also sucks on its <laughs> own. Like each verse... <laughs> Is not very good. Like, I'm partial to Lana Del Rey because I like Lana Del Rey famously. So I think it's okay. Um, But I feel like the verses, like Miley's verse to me was just so inconsequential. Like, I don't even know. Like, it just felt like there was no musicality to it. I don't know. It's really bizarre. I kind of agree, yeah. Yeah. There were kind of no hooks. Yeah, exactly. There's no hooks. you would expect there to be. Yeah. Like, like considering how much we liked Slide Away by Miley last Mm -hmm. episode, I actually think we underrated it a little bit. Like, we kind of... We're rushed to wrap it up, but that's and a great song. And it's grown on me so much. And she killed it at the VMAs. Like, yeah. Wow, the VMAs, remember that? That was, yeah, that was a like, really long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Which wasn't Damn. even after our last podcast. But yeah, no, I'm like, I, I feel like I'm somewhat of a stan of all, all three of them. Like, I'm not an Ariana hater. I think I'm pretty yeah. generous in like, Same. Yeah. M- Although, most gays. We did absolutely ignore when she released Boyfriend. <laughs> I think we were right for that, though. That shit's. Uh, I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, this the thing about this is that it had so much so much potential to be like a huge event, like three big girls doing a song together. I feel like pop music hasn't had that in a bit, so mm-hmm. it, w- it would have been a cute thing, but it really flopped for me on all fronts. Even the music video, I thought, was a bit stupid. Oh, I forgot to watch. Very shiny surfaces, very like girly pink everywhere. Okay, yeah. But then at the same time, Ariana's recording in, like, a random generic mansion in L.A. that I think has been used in, like, a thousand music videos. Miley's, like, a box, mm. like, is, like, boxing. Lana's, like, lying down on, like, quaaludes. Oh, but they are in the same room. They are not. Oh, and for a second they are, yeah. For one second they are, okay. Yeah. They're, like, having dinner together at some point. I want to watch the violence video again, the grimes oh, yeah. video. That's, yeah. like, the best video I've seen all year. That's a big statement, yeah, I love it. I, I guess some people of, don't 
didn't like it, but I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I thought the choreo of that video worked so well with the song. Totally. Yeah. Like, that's everything we've ever wanted. And she gave it to us. And, like, I guess people don't always, like, gay guys love an opinion, as we prove every day. (laughs) But As we prove monthly from now on. I just, just, yeah, I just think it's great. I just think that was a great video. Yeah. And what we wanted. Yeah. I'm laying down, by the way. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty intimate around here. Pretty personal. Most personal episode yet. Wait, going back to the music, do we think... So what's the future for this song? It's just going to like die down probably, right? It's not going to explode, I don't think. No. I mean, radio seems to have latched on based on my anecdote. They seem to be pushing it, yeah. And I feel like I've seen it. But what, yeah, it. why wouldn't they Why wouldn't they push it? It's like yeah. Yeah, you're right. pretty much everyone likes one of them or like yeah, exactly, has yeah. listened to one of them before. Yeah. Radio needs that though. Like they kind of just need new content that is a surefire hit. Yeah. Or like big events too that like distinguish yeah. songs from the others. Yeah. Yeah, like a song that people won't change the dial Exactly, on. exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, like, maybe is that because of the name recognition alone. Yeah, totally. But too bad they didn't make a good song. But, okay, anyways. Too bad. No one wants to see this movie after this. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, it's too bad about the movie. Like, yeah. anyway, I just wish it was the original Angels, obviously. Yeah. No, Like, totally. obviously, that's what I wish, yeah. And also, that's, that's it, it. it's like... Been. It's the shadow of two huge things. Those Charlie's Angels movies were amazing. Yeah, uh, they were. And the song, the Destiny's Child song was like iconic. That song yeah. like transcended the the, play, the soundtrack. It became like a good song on its own. So hard to... I don't even know if it was... Yeah, I don't know if it was... I guess it was made for the movie, right? Like it's, hard, it's sure almost it hard to believe. It yeah, I know, right? It's like... It's hard to believe it wasn't on the album first, but yeah, yeah. crazy. Independent Woman Part 1? Like, that's, like, the one. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, one of the most iconic soundtrack songs ever, I feel like. Gotta be. Yeah, at least in the gay universe. Okay. okay. Do you want to talk about Lanta? Is that all we're missing? Yeah. This album came out at this point, what, two, three weeks ago now? And for the first week of its release, you were so right. The discourse, the discourse was just, like, all about Lana Del Rey. Um, totally. In a way, that has never happened with her album. Like... I was trying to think when Lust for Life came out. You were living. Yeah, yeah it was, was really your week to it shine. It was really, exactly. It felt like, I feel like for a lot of Lana stands, Lana stands have a persecution complex, I think. We all feel yes, like... because you do. Because <laughs> she like, yeah, because she was like pan so much. It's triggering. During the beginning of her career. Everyone's mm-hmm. really protective of her. And that week felt like, it felt like people finally got it or like people finally understood why everyone was so addicted or obsessed with Lana Del Rey. It was like a week where she was getting like glowing reviews, which never happens for a Lana Del Rey album. Right. Or like not like that. And like the Pitchfork thing came out and I was like, oh, wow, that's unbelievable. The same people who like destroyed her are like trying to like build her up again. Cycle. So in that sense, it was like a big cultural event for the Little Fuckers, which is our stand name. Mm-hmm. The Little um, Fuckers. Yeah. But I think it's weird how this album's, I think, or not weird, but I feel like this album has been so palatable because she's she's a bit less tragic, a bit more of a liberal feminist, a bit more like engaged with the discourse at large instead of being so narcissistic, mm-hmm. which is good. She needs that growth and she needs to like develop to something else. But the Lana I, I fell in love with is a Lana that was like completely exaggerating like her heartbreak and making it seem yeah. like it was like the end of the world. That's like ultra violence, that kind of vibe. Right. So it's like a bit suspect that the media is now loving her now that she's a bit more liberal. But it's just the name of the game. Mm. It's the liberal media that we inhabit. So it's not shocking. 
Oh, I see. Yeah. The album Do you itself. Think that's it? I think that's it. I think it's a bit less tragic, a bit more but like. Wait, wasn't the wasn't the gun control song not actually on the album? Yeah, it's not on the album. But you still think that like affected the discourse afterwards? Yeah, I think so. When Lost for Life came out, there was, I think, a general consensus that people like Lana now. Like people were like seeing the value in her songwriting specifically. Right. But Lost for Life wasn't a great album, so people were like really trying to give it a good review, but couldn't. So when this came out, which was a bit more developed i think people jumped on it as like this is the album where we're going to recognize lana del rey's career at large Mm -hmm. i feel like it gave people a good excuse to be like oh you know what we take back what we said she's actually a great songwriter right the album's great though i love it i mean i don't have much else to say that hasn't been said about it totally there's nothing no i do think jack antonoff is weirdly a good producer for Lana, Jack Antonov always is like all over his projects. Like Lover sounds so much like Jack. Like it's all over it. But I think mm-hmm. Lana and Jack work together well because Lana is very hands-on with the production of her songs. And every song that I feel like every producer that she works with, everything just ends up sign- sounding like Lana anyways. But Jack made her sound, especially physically her voice sounds really beautiful on this album. I think something about the mastering or the mixing or something, she sounds really beautiful. Cinnamon Girl... Is the closest thing to really resonating with me. Yeah. I thought you would like that one. But you, you know this about me. Like, I kind of don't... It just doesn't really, like, align with my circadian rhythm or something. My <laughs> heartbeat. I don't know what it is. I really don't. I think that's fair, though. Yeah. I think it's fair. And it's, like, a good way to, like, discuss it. I feel like people often... Like, I was when I was out with Queen and Steve on Saturday, one of her friends... I don't even know how the topic of Lana came up. I promise it wasn't me. And she was like... <laughs> She was like, I could make a Lana Del Rey song in a second. And it's always does get very okay, dismissive. Bad take. Yeah, it's a very dismissive way to talk about her. But I think that, I can that's see a, you getting so mad about that. Did you, yeah. did you <laughs> no, snap? I just, Absolutely that's, snap. That's when I replied, being like, I just think she's like the most, I was like obviously exaggerating. I was like, I think she's the most important living songwriter alive. And wow. everyone's like, Quan. Everyone's like, okay, relax. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. And then Steve was like, no, but I kind of see where he's coming from. I was like, Steve, you don't have to defend me. I was kind of like exaggerating, but yeah. Love you, Steve. Love you, Steve. Not not Toronto Steve, but another Steve. Oh, okay. Who's Steve straight. could be fine in that case. He's British. <laughs> okay, yeah. But yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's more of the same, right? This album doesn't break any new grounds for Alana. Thank you for saying that. You had to say it. Yeah. I know what a Lana Del song is going to sound like. And I do think once you get really deep into that universe, you start noticing huge differences between the songs. But I can right. see how for like an outsider, it's all more of the same. Yeah, it is a universe. Yeah, the cinematic. The more, the totally, cinematic yes. Universe. Yeah, I like that. I think that's, I think that's cool. Yeah. I, I'm not in it, but I'm watching it through a little window. <laughs> I, like, I kind of feel like the Caroline Polachek album almost was a universe, and now this single, yeah. unfortunately. Anyway, that was that was ages ago when we talked about that. Yeah. Remember that? It might have been like the last episode. Now that we split it, it in episode. half. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know. It's, it was a good. It was a good week for Lana's dance. I don't know what else to say about this album that hasn't been said because simply around two million think pieces were written on this album. <laughs> <laughs> Did you read Kaysen's newsletter? I did, actually. I did, too. I liked it. I skimmed it because I was at, um, at Valley Village. I was waiting for it. Okay, that's not the place to read a <laughs> newsletter. He says, 
Alana's legacy will forever be tied to think piece journalism. Yeah, her reputation got a bit destroyed and then now it's coming back up through the same medium. I think mm-hmm. it's I think that's a weird thing about Lana and her albums is that I feel like the think piece class is trying to make sense of why she has so many devout like followers. So yeah. they like look for excuses. Totally. They're always looking for like different excuses and what they don't realize is that what people like about her is what they don't like. People love her like masochism, her like pessimism, her like lack of growth, her the way that her album sounds like all like one mood and just one song. So like think piece people are always trying to like justify it or like look for another reason people like it without realizing that that's why people love it. You just yeah. get into a mood where you like once you play all of ultraviolence three times, you just get addicted to it. And that's mm-hmm. the tea. But I'm really happy. I feel like what I love about this episode actually is that two of my main girls released music and I'm really happy with how things are looking out for them. Yeah. How lucky I mean Charlie and Lana. I feel right. like people for some reason with these two albums, people are finally understanding what it is so great about the two of them. Okay. So yeah, my my mic stopped recording for a little bit, but we do have a backup Skype mm-hmm. um, situation going on. So audio quality will change just for a minute, okay? We have a couple calls. Well, well, actually, since we have a really cute, a really quick opportunity to circle back to Lana, yeah, okay. I just want to say that my favorite, I feel like well, my favorite tracks of Norman fucking Rockwell. I love title track. I love Cinnamon Girl. Yeah. And I love... Um, love song the whole thing is really good for me there's no one song that i don't like venice bitch is the girl i think mm-hmm. of the album uh but yeah the sprawling yeah the sprawling masterpiece exact okay and by the way i don't know if i mentioned but if you want to read kaysen's newsletter there's right. one issue out about the discourse around lana the one album as opposed to the album itself yeah he's on twitter at kaysen sharp C-A-S-O-N, sharp with an E. Since we're skipping so much of the Lana discourse, I Mm -hmm. would just refer people to Emma Madden, also a Twitter person, wrote a really good article on Dazed for Mm -hmm. it. So just refer to that because a lot of what we have to say is just a repetition of what's already been said. Love it. Annoyed about my microphone thing, but I'll be okay. Because we also listened to a couple calls. Wait, we got two and both in the last two minutes. What? You sure? I'm serious. It's someone from Dallas, Texas. This is Evan from Dallas, Texas. I'm sure the next episode is going to be packed, but I just wanted to make sure we talk about one thing. Because there's rarely anything to be said about Brooke Candy, but she did release a song with Erica Jane, and Erica Jane did surely outperform her on her own track. So I just wanted to know what you thought of that. Thank you. Interesting, interesting call. This song we didn't even think to include. I know, exactly. I saw the promo on Twitter and stuff. Me too. And I was just like, I'm not touching that. Yeah, I wasn't in like, the mindset of it, so I didn't even think about it. Well, should we watch? Oh, there's a video. Oh my god, okay, right. Yeah, I'm gonna Fucking put Evan. it on too. Fuck Evan, Jesus. <laughs> just about to fuck out. <laughs> Literally just typed Evan into YouTube. Okay, lobotomy. <laughs> Also, who the fuck is Evan? Okay, there are allowed to be gay guys in Dallas. It's allowed. (laughs) Okay, banger. Yeah. So Evan was saying Erica outperformed. 
I Sorry? can't help but agree. Yeah. Notably, this is a Brooke Candy song, not an Erica yeah. Jane song. It's on Nux, that Shy Girl label, Sega Bodega label. Oh, really? I actually think Sega, Sega must have been one of the ones to tweet about it. I think he has a co-credit on the production, so that's nice for him. What did Evan say? He said, Erica outperformed Brooke. Yeah. I think I agree. I don't necessarily think either of them did much performing in a way. Am I wrong? <laughs> I think you're right in the sense that the beat speaks louder than the two of them. It's a it's a banger, though. Based on the cover art alone, and even the video, there's some, there's some kind of like self-doubt in Erica's eyes. Like... Brooke is just so unhinged that, like, Erica Jane <laughs> seems like she's in a costume in comparison. Yeah. Well, Erica Jane, at the end of the day, is a bit of a normal, of a normal person. So I'm sure that she's showing up to set and seeing Brooke Candy doing the shit that she's doing. She was like, oh, what am I getting myself into? I don't know. I'm, historically, I'm a fan of songs that are just about cats and pussies, like Kitty Cat by Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and yeah. This, this song doesn't have any other purpose than to just be, like, sexual innuendo. But... For Brooke Candy and Erica Jane, I think that's, like, a fun thing to do. It's a fun thing to do, yeah. yeah. We can agree on that. It's a fun that. song. And I, it's, like, it goes off more than I would expect. She just Funny strengths. call. Thanks, Evan. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, thank you. Thank you, Evan. Thanks a lot. I think you might be onto something, Evan. I think Erica Jane <laughs> has a really cute rhyme. It's such an Erica Jane song. Yeah. I can't believe, I can't believe she's, like, iconic enough to say that, but it's true. Yeah. I can't believe she's, um, like, uh, collabing with Brooke Candy. Like, it makes sense, obviously, but I just wonder who made the first call, how this call thing happened. I have a feeling Brooke called. <laughs> yeah. Also, I think I'm looking at the song credits, and that F-word J- Jesse St. John produced it, or wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> it is produced by Sega Bodega, by the way. Okay. Jesse um, St. John wrote it, true. Wrote the lyrics, I'm assuming. He's like and a I think loud, that, he's like a, a whole, he's like a, yeah. 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 He sent that music video with Brooke Candy and Grimes, so I bet they're friends. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, so he probably Honestly, was Honestly, that LA crew is getting a little cocky for my taste. <laughs> okay, wait, let's um, take a moment to listen to this other call. Yeah, is it Layla? Yeah. It is Layla, yeah. Okay. Such a beautiful day in Toronto. I, I don't have anything to contribute, really. I just am in a great mood. Um, I guess you could tell us about your cherished sunglasses from this past summer. Okay, bye. It's like a style question. And the annoying part is that my answer is none. I don't really wear sunglasses. Listen, Layla, I used to have one pair of, back in 2011 or something, I had that pair of oh my God, wayfarers Juan. that everyone had, and I lost it. And that shit was really expensive. So ever since I refused to buy sunglasses because I know my what my my thing stopped recording. Oh shit! Well, I've kind of gone through a couple. I mean, I bought fake Oakleys online, and they like shattered in my hand a few, couple weeks later. Mm. Like I was pulling them out of my bag, and they like broke into upwards of three pieces. <laughs> upwards. Like that didn't really last. But mm-hmm. I liked having wraparounds. I miss that. Oh my god, that's such a funny look. Personally, Layla, I think, well, I just said this, but I'll say it again. I mm-hmm. don't wear sunglasses because I lose shit so easily. Um, I used to have a <laughs> pair of Wayfarers back in like 2011, and those were really expensive. They were like a, they were like 100 or more. And I remember losing them and being like, like I lost them like a day after or something. Ever since I just buy like generic sunglasses at like gift shops. Um, I never really wear them. I'm just not a sunglass kind of person. 
You must get headaches all the time. Yeah, you know what? I did get a migraine in my trip, so... <laughs> okay, that is what that is, Juan. <laughs> That's the problem. We need to talk to her when I have Layla telling me to wear sunglasses, yeah. yeah. I think I think you might be onto something. I don't really, like, cherish my sunglasses, although I will say these new ones actually do fit my face, and I'm not sure I've ever worn sunglasses that fit my face. I feel like I also find it really hard to find a look of sunglasses that I actually like. Totally. No, it's impossible. Yeah. But whenever you, like, see a model or whatever, like, wearing sunglasses on a runway, they literally match their face shape. Like, it's so obvious when you think about it, but anyway. Oh, my God, I can't believe it's six. We literally did this for four hours. That can't be true. It is. Yeah. (laughs) Hope you Um, enjoyed part two and not only that part one. Yeah. And we'll see you or you'll hear us from us again in about a month. In the meantime, call us, send us on suggestions that you want us to rate, anything. Uh huh. Yeah, do it. 647-847-8904. You can call it, you can text it, you can do whatever you want. But call it. And also, like, talk loudly. <laughs> <laughs> like, yell it even, you know? Yeah. It's like a shitty vocal algorithm that doesn't really respond well to um, vocal fry. <laughs> We couldn't even call our own voicemail. It's like homophobic in that way, in fact. Yeah. We'll see you in a bit. Thanks okay. for listening. Bye.